Hi there. Welcome to the End Times Guy podcast. My name is Lee. It's a pleasure to have you along for the ride today, making my way into the interior of British Columbia for a load of cedar. That's getting tarped. Yuck. I hate tarping. But you know what? It's good exercise. And for a truck driver who sits on his butt 14 hours a day, it's probably a good thing. Um, I'm going to suggest a brand new ministry in the church. That's a pretty gutsy thing to do. But you know what? I've got no one to impress. I'm not worried about public opinion. What I want is for God to be glorified and my brothers and sisters in Christ to be found awake and doing the things that they were called to do. I think that's very, 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 very important right now. You don't want to be one of those people sitting around doing nothing. And unfortunately, when we look at Western Christianity far and wide today, the ministry is relegated to very fundamental things. A pastor who preaches a sermon on Sunday morning, the the music team that leads worship service, the youth pastor that has a fun and games time for half an hour in the week with the young people, the Sunday school teachers, all of that ministry happens right inside that building in a very, very small amount of time, which is very unfortunate. Um, If you look at your spiritual life as physical exercise, you're supposed to be working it daily to become strong. If you want to be a strong Christian, you have to work it daily. And the little bit going on just isn't enough. it may keep a few people above flatline, but <laughs> it's, not, it's not enough. Um, I'll never forget a sermon I heard almost 30 years ago. A fellow named Andy Williams came from somewhere in Africa to visit North America, and he was appalled at the way church was practiced here. Because over there, they would have a service for hours. The pastor would preach for hours and the people couldn't get enough of it. And they were leaning on every word. There was a hunger for the word of God there. And they were always meeting together. And when they weren't meeting together, they were working in their home or at their job or together to help someone else. They were always busy. And He had a lot of interesting things to say, too. He even went out of his way to point out that our church services are being led by women and that that is not biblical. And my goodness, nowadays, that's like lighting a fire next to a gas pump. You don't want to do that. You can't say those words. Um, But that's a man who was sharing what Christianity is like, where he's from, and how completely different it is here in North America. And we are weak. I think everyone will willingly admit that we are weak. The church is sick and silent and the worst possible time to be silent. But what about the ministries that Paul mentions in the book of Acts? He he does several grocery lists of spiritual gifts. We have apostles. No, no apostles. We have prophets. Where are the prophets? We have teachers, preachers, and evangelists. And 
you know what? Everybody is something, but that's not the full list. Paul, Paul was just giving a rundown there. He gives another one saying some of gifts of mercy, some of giving, some of organization, some of teaching. He, he basically is saying the Holy Spirit gifts each of us with something. We all got a spiritual gift. And we'll never know what that is if we don't talk to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit room to operate in our lives. The Holy Spirit is tenacious and determined, but a gentleman and won't force you to do anything. If you want to work with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is there saying, let's go, buddy. Let's do this. And it could be any number of things. Maybe the Lord is preparing you for a very strange ministry. The Holy Spirit can do anything in and through your life. You on your own with your own selfish ambition and determination to do something for God will only bear the fruit of frustration. But growing in learning to listen to and submit to the will of the Holy Spirit, it could be something like what I'm about to suggest. What I think. Every church should have a new ministry called the community organizer. And that's a term you've probably heard. It comes from left-wing politics. They all have community organizers who go out into the community with flyers, with bulletins, pamphlets to talk to people. And they're there to stir the people up. They're there to invigorate the people and get the people motivated to do something, to bring about change. Now that change is politically motivated and it's usually for the worst, but nonetheless, it's effective. It works. And every church should have a community organizer and those community organizers should meet weekly with all the other community organizers in the church to plan out how they're going to go out into the community and impact it. And there's a number of things that can be done. Imagine if there was a scheduled day where all the people from each church were willing to get together, bring their uh, old blankets, um, old pillows, old clothing, um, food that's been in the cupboard for a while and nobody seems interested in, dried goods and cans, stuff like that. And go to the local tent city, offering prayer for anyone who's sick and clothing and bedding and things of that nature to support them and spending a little time picking up the litter for them and just a demonstration of humility and love to them. It has nothing to do with how we feel, it has nothing to do with how they feel, it has everything to do with glorifying God. We're not doing this for you in the tents. We're doing this for our God that he might be glorified. You know, and I just can't help but feel very strongly with the churches coming together to work together. The, the community might sit up and take notice. The community might have a different heart towards God's people. That's just a suggestion, and all it takes for something like that to happen is for one person to step up and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and say, yeah, that's me. I'm going for it. 
So I'm putting this out there merely as one idea. But imagine if there was a team of community organizers in your community, one from every church. Well, not from the Jehovah Witness, because that's not a church. Not from the Catholics, that's not a church. Not from the Seventh-day Adventists or the Mormons, those aren't churches either. And not from the United Church or the Methodist Church until they repent of their wicked behavior. Um, God is not in those places. And I don't suggest trying to work with them and pretend that we're all the same because we're not. If you don't hold the word of God to be absolutely true and perfect in its original form, if you feel the need to change, you know what every cult does? It can help it. It can help it. Every cult messes with the person and the nature and the work of Jesus Christ directly. The Mormons do it. Jehovah's Witnesses do it. Seventh-day Adventists do it. The Muslims do it. The Catholics do it. Every cult does it. They can't help themselves. And that's basically how I define a cult. They dabble with the nature, person, and work of Jesus Christ. They won't leave him alone. They have to pull him down off his throne and bang. Now we have good religion. And it's not. It's a cult. So I don't encourage working with cults. But all the churches who fear the Lord and trust the word of God should have a community organizer. And imagine six, seven, eight individuals sitting down together, praying and seeking the moving the spirit and God's will in their community, how they can reach out and make change. Man, I would love to see them marching around the abortion clinics for seven days and at the end of the seventh day blowing a trumpet. <laughs> I don't know that anything would happen, but if God chose to, <laughs> it could be great. Um, but in God's hands, it could be truly wonderful. But more than that, I think that we need to search our hearts. And instead of having 95% of the congregation relegated to this kind of a closet in the basement called lay people, where nothing is required, nothing is expected, they will never grow like that. They will, they will remain an infant forever. They have to be dragged out of the closet and taught to walk, taught to talk, taught you know, to, to teach and preach and get out of the closet and go out on the streets and share the love of God. And you know what? I've done a lot of that, and I've always had stories to tell afterwards. And... You know, over the course of 30 years, I've written a big volume of experiences. And when I go to my grave, I have a big volume of tremendous experience. And I, I feel bad for people who are going with a loose leaf binder with a bit of scribbling on the first sheet. How, how awful that must be. Because we only get one life. And when it's gone, it's gone. And what's in your book is done. You can't write anymore. And if all you got is a bit of scribbling on the first page, how sad is that going to be? You know, I'm nothing like Paul. Paul has <laughs> a library of uh, very tightly written words. But uh, still, live it to the fullest. Now is the time. Today is the day. Waiting for tomorrow. Um, you know, it's going to be the same as yesterday when you were waiting for today. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you have a wonderful, awesome weekend. I pray your family and you are well and not struggling to make ends meet. God bless and keep you.